Gil Alexander, your betting dork, pregame.com. Good morning to you. It is Wednesday morning, and Wednesday means but one thing. I look forward to it each and every week. Sabermetrics Wednesdays with my good friend, Base Winner. Good morning, Base Winner. How you doing? Good morning, Gil. I can't be better, and I, I tell you, I feel so privileged. It seems like every every time we talk, you're coming off a sweep, and, and that was so true last night, but... You know what I'm noticing about your games is not only are they are they winning, but they're they're just cruising. And you had two cruisers last night. I congratulate you. Thank you. You are certainly certainly a man on fire. <laughs> en fuego. Um, it's it's <laughs> it's a nice stretch to be in. As we know, it's like you know I don't want to offend the gambling gods here because who knows what could happen around the corner. But it is definitely a stretch where. Sort of how the uh, the batter says he can see the seams on the ball spinning as they're coming towards him, or the basketball player says the rim is a little wider. Just I can see things clearly in this stretch, so hopefully it continues. Well, I, I think you can. I mean, you can keep this going because the, the analysis, like I said last week, this thread, I, I look at it every morning, and it just gets me going. I don't need any Starbucks. I can just read your thread, and, and I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, good. It's a... It's a <laughs> It's a it's a it's a sixteen and four run. So hopefully it continues. Hey, before we get wow. into the uh, into the saber metrics, because I do want to delve into it today, we're going to go into fielding UZR today. Correct? Absolutely. It's it's very exciting stat. I'm going to throw some numbers out there that'll absolutely blow people away. So stay okay. tuned. Well, here's here's. Did you see the basketball game last night? Did you see the Cavaliers and the uh, Celtics by any chance? I did not. You know, I was I was engrossed in MLB. Uh, watching about four games at one time. See, I love that. You're in the lab. You're crunching numbers. That's awesome. <laughs> I definitely was last night, and, and uh, uh, the, the UZR rating on Andrews, even though he's a great shortstop, he, he cost me a game and, and a total on an air. So anyway, I'm, I'm digressing, but I'll let you go on. I love that there's a whole world going out there. You're like, oh, the UZR number on Andrews killed me. Um, <laughs> it did. It's so great. Um, well, the rest of the world was watching this Cavaliers-Celtics Game 5 last night in the uh, in the Eastern Conference. And I just, you know, as I was watching the game, I don't usually comment a whole bunch on basketball, but I do have Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports come on uh, multiple times here during the NBA playoffs. And the it wasn't the last show I did with Mark, but it was the first one where I said to him, I asked him the question, sort of my opinion, but asking the question at the same time, I said, isn't this the year where we get to start to say about LeBron James, wait a minute, everything we're throwing on him, all these amazing accolades, isn't this the year where if he doesn't win, we can finally start to say, wait, 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 this dude hasn't won anything yet. And he actually said to me that that kind of whispering has actually started. Not not enough to my satisfaction, quite frankly. Not that I'm anti-LeBron, um, because he is a amazing once-in-a-lifetime talent that we've never seen. However, I guess the point I was making is that this guy has not won a championship yet, and that is the bottom line, as we know in all of these sports. And they still may yet win a championship. But the Celtics took a 3-2 series lead on them yesterday and did so in stunning, I mean, there's no other way to describe it, startling fashion with a just blowout victory at Cleveland. Um, I believe it was 22-point bulge at the end. I may have that wrong. But just destroyed LeBron and the Cavs. 
And so one loss here in Boston in Game 6, and Cleveland's season is done after, of course, going the entire season being the favorite to win the NBA championship. But I guess I'm so sensitive to this point because I attend certain conventions that have a lot of media members on them, and or in them, rather. And one of these conventions had LeBron himself there. And base winner, you would be just, I don't know if amazed is the word, or just disgusted by the way these guys just worship the ground that LeBron walks on. And they, it's pretty sickening, huh? Oh, it's, just, it's as if they part the seas for him. And, oh, LeBron's people don't want us to ask this question. Or LeBron this and that. And it's just you, you observe this from far as a, as a grown man, and you're like, are, y- are y'all serious right now? Like, seriously? This dude is like 24 years old, and you're acting like he is, you know, from the heavens. And it is just a, it's a startling thing to view. And maybe that part of that's sort of, you know, just the culture we're in now. But again, I watch a game like that yesterday, and I just to myself, I sort of just shook my head, and I'm like, here we go. Here we go. And again, he may yet win this, but I'm just saying, wow. Well, I think you bring up a good point with the, uh, with the, the media crowd questions, and you can't ask this, and you can't ask that. And I, I, I'm kind of put off by that personally. I mean, you know, these guys are in the public. You know, they, they can answer the questions, and, and you know, they, they try to put together a package, and, and, you know, they did it with Tiger Woods, and it failed miserably. And I, I would much rather see the person, you know, he, he's a human being. He's going to have flaws. He's going to have ups and downs than, than a, uh, a controlled presentation of what, he's, what the public wants him to look like. So, so I'm with you on that, Gil. Yeah, I mean, uh, sorry for the rant. I just uh, I watch that. I can rant about all kinds of things. And speaking of Tiger, I've got a rant about that too. No, I, I the Tiger thing. By the way, are we buying this injury? Because I have my theories about this injury too. I just think he's under so much stress in his personal life that this injury is just sort of a convenient out at this point. I would wholeheartedly agree with you. And again, that's that's a situation where, and maybe we'll see this with LeBron. Who knows? But if you try to control a guy's image so much, eventually. The truth's going to come out with a guy. I would much rather have have had have Tiger Woods presented as as a normal guy rather than this this uh, I don't know marketing thing that that uh, they they presented him and then all of a sudden it just crashes down on a guy. Yeah. So you know it's 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 crazy how how they're doing that though here you know in today's day and age. All right. Well, enough of that. Even though. I think we both had to get that off our chest, apparently. <laughs> but let's. No, no, no. I'm, I'm totally with you. These guys are prima donnas, and there's there's really no reason for it. So. All right, let's talk sabermetrics, and let's uh, let's do it this way. This is what we try. This is what we endeavor to do each and every Wednesday. We try, base winner and I, to delve further into baseball stats. So in other words, there was the conventional stats of our childhood, which I say every week: the batting average, home runs, and RBI for batters, and Wins and losses in ERA, roughly, for pitchers. But the sabermetrics movement sought to delve deeper and has, over decades now, uncovered all kinds of amazing baseball stats that allow us to really get to the truth. And what Base Winner and I do each and every Wednesday, and what I try to do all week long, is use these stats and convert them into a betting edge uh, vis-a-vis the lines each and every day on each and every ball game. A couple weeks ago, we talked specifically about um, base runs and how we can project how many runs, more or less, a team ought to be scoring in a game. Not what they have been showing us, but based on 
some unique stats, what their expected runs in each and every game uh, will be. Last week, we talked about fielding independent pitching, a better way to quantify um, what, a pitch, what a pitcher can actually control and project that forward. And today, sort of the third aspect of the game. You've got your hitters, you've got your pitchers. Today, it's all about defense, and we want to talk about a rating called Ultimate Zone Rating. And you, base winner, use this extensively towards your projections, correct? Well, yeah, it's a great statistic. The ultimate zone rating breaks uh, the, the, the team's fielding skill into a number of what they're going to save runs-wise or what they're going to add runs-wise. So it takes, it takes a whole bunch of information, and I think that you can get into that a little bit better because you just are able to define the terms you know, so eloquently. But anyway, it takes a whole bunch of data, and it comes up with a number that says, hey, this team's defense is either going to A, save them runs, or B, cost of runs and then with that number you can plug it into into your your line making model and use that fielding number to help you set the line okay so before you get into the specifics of which games you're looking at based on that today i will actually uh i'll take your cue and i'll just give a little you know the the brief background and, and get to what you just said which is again I, I bring him up every week bill james sort of when we were kids brought up this thing called range factor at first and it basically was this gross sort of here's the number of outs made per game um again something that was convenient then at the time but you know the problem is that a game isn't necessarily nine innings there was all kinds of shortcomings with his range factor stat um you know each fielder was dependent on his pitching staff, and there was luck, and there was all kinds of things. Anyway, Stats LLC, which is a great um, group that comes out with amazing stats and tracks them, they began tracking something called zone rating after that, and that improved on Bill James' range factor. Zone rating essentially was the total number of outs per balls in a fielder's quote-unquote area of responsibility, but while it addressed some of the shortcomings of range factor, when they said area of responsibility for their zone rating, they were only talking about one given zone per each fielder. And we know, of course, that that's going to skew ratings in a certain way, because if you're only subjecting each fielder to one particular zone, well, of course, they're going to do much better. Ultimate zone rating was basically the culmination of that evolution and made this into a stat that most sabermetricians sort of recognize that. And ultimate zone rating, as Base Winner just said, not only takes the one convenient zone right around a fielder, but basically breaks it down into 64... <laughs> here's where I start to giggle. 64 different zones on the baseball playing field with each fielder being responsible for not only a zone but also sub zones and as you very nicely put base winner it's the number of runs above or below average a fielder is basically in both range runs outfield arm runs double play runs error runs combined in plain english and then i'll kick it back to you for for the actual specifics in plain english you split the field into 64 zones um, you're trying to calculate, as you said, the ball's cost or saved in each of those 64 zones during the course of a season, then determine each fielder's efficiency from his cost saved total versus what it should have been. Basically, if a fielder stinks, we'll know if he stinks. If he's okay, we'll know if he's okay. If he's really good, we'll know he's great. Yeah, absolutely, Gil. You said that very well. And 
I guess, I guess in a short sentence, you could say it's a very hardcore approach to determine what, how many runs an individual player costs or saves the team. And it does take a look at the, the double play runs, the outfield arm, the range, the error run. So it's looking at all this hardcore analysis. But what I like about the ultimate zone rating is it comes up with, a, with one number, which is how many runs that particular player costs or saves the team. So when you have the player runs, and then you can say, well, okay, what is the starting lineup going to be? And you can, you can get a rating for the team runs, and you can say, well, okay, these nine players, this is what their run rating is. This is what the team run rating is. And you can actually use this very hardcore analysis that these people have come up with, this, this UZR rating, you can actually use it in your daily handicapping process to help you set up the line with that one real clean, how many runs, how many plus or minus runs does this team save with their fielding? And what was that stat that you gave me in terms of units one uh, before the show started regarding UZR? Well, it's a very interesting situation. If you were just to play, and this is in the American League because I do American League handicapping only, but if you played the teams exclusively with the top three ultimate zone ratings over the last three years, you'd be up 25.5 units. And that's pretty compelling, but if you played the top three UZR teams under the total, you'd be ahead, now get this, 71.2 units playing the top three fielding teams under the total. And what that's telling me is that people aren't looking at these numbers. They're, they're just not taking this into account. They might, might look at the pitching. They might look at the offense. But they're just not spending enough time on fielding. That's a phenomenal stat. Repeat that last one of over 70 units. Say that again. If you play the top three teams with the, the top three ultimate zone rating over the last three years exclusively under the total, you would be ahead 71.2 units over the last three years. That's from 2007 to 2009. The top three composite UZR teams. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty amazing, I think. Well, and the reason, and again, trying to you know, translate this into the, to the sort of the, just the eye, casual person watching baseball, again, the beauty of these sabermetrics is, sure, people can sort of snicker and giggle and say, oh, well, you're in your lab and you're making all these numbers. Come on, just give me a winner kind of thing. I mean, think about it. Like last night, one of the games that I'm on are the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, the Tampa Bay Rays, not only is it a great thing when you think you have a pitcher edge and when you think you have all, all this other stuff going on, but for instance, a game last night, which looks like in the end a big Tampa Bay blowout, there's a play early in the game when the game is a very nip-tuck affair where the um, Angels have runners on in scoring position and, you know, long fly ball hit deep, deep right center field, and Justin Upton gets to the ball and allows the Rays to leave the inning having given up no runs. When on 90% of the teams in baseball, no one's getting to that ball. So there's a comfort when you're betting teams that have spectacular UZR players and UZR numbers as well. So it, just, it translates to, to the real world. Well, and not only is there a comfort with it, but you can actually plug the number into the line. I mean, and if you look at Tampa Bay, I and mean, this is one of the things after the show that I'm going to post uh, on the forum, is their, their 2009 ultimate zone number was low. Their projection for 2010 is low, and their 10 actual is low as well. So we know without a shadow of a doubt that this is the best fielding team uh, in the American League. Plug it into the line and it makes sense. By the way, did I just say Justin Upton? I meant uh, B.J. Upton, of course. They're, they're very easy to confuse. Yeah. But, but uh, <laughs> uh, B.J. Upton is a 
perfect, perfect example of a, he's got a 10.4. He saves his team 10.4 runs. See, now I didn't even know that, but yet it translates based on just simply watching baseball. You're like, exactly. And, and that 10.4 came in huge handy for the Rays last night. Absolutely. That's a really good example of, of, of how a good UZR fielder saved, saved his team runs. Okay. So this is what everybody's waiting for then, base winner. Uh, and you have, now correct me if I'm wrong, and if I am wrong, I, I could be here, please let me know, but you have been doing extremely well on totals with your sabermetrics this year. I have, the totals have been on fire, in fact, uh, one, one day last week I was 6-0, and oh, somebody pointed that out on the thread, and, and uh, I, I told them, I said, well, you trump me memory-wise, because I didn't even realize that, so... So they've really, you know, the, the fielding and the and the VSR and the and the, the XFIP that translates into how many runs a team's going to score. So you can use those those runs just to add them up. And there's a complex formula on, on whether the the, the, the home team's going to hit or not than I have. But you add up the numbers and you come up with the total. So All right. yeah, I've been doing pretty good. Thanks, Gil. Appreciate that. No, no problem. So let's do it, brother. What what uh, what grabs your attention today? Well, first of all, before I get into today's game, I just want to make one more stat. Uh, Clear and, and this has to this has to do with the actual uh, UZR ratings for this year through 34 games and the top teams we just we just talked about num- numero uno with the Rays the other two teams are the Twins and the Rangers and if you were just to play those teams say okay these are the top three teams you know UZR wise just play those teams you'd be up 12.1 units. Now, conversely, if you the the bottom three teams, and it's very surprising, the 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 worst team this year is the Angels so far. Wow! And they're they're costing their defense is costing their team a half run a game. Hmm. And then you have the the second worst are the Orioles, and then you have the Royals. So if you were Jeez. just to play those three poor UZR rated teams, you would be down twenty two point four units. That's interesting. So, so I, I think, and, and I think what, it's very interesting that these fielding numbers, you know, translate into into units one, units lost. So now, so you're talking about if you had blindly bet again. I do this for like when when I talk about uh, run lines and stuff like that. Basically, this is if you had blindly bet each of these teams every single game of the year, either to win a unit or risking a unit. Those would be the composite figures. That's incredible. That's that's exactly true. It is. It, it was amazing when I was because I was coming up with the numbers because I wanted to see what the what the difference in projections and actual was to date. And and I said, gosh, this is this. You know, these are the teams that are the good teams on the money line. And so I did another analysis and and I added up the numbers and it was, it was it's crazy. Well, and and you know, just uh, with the Rays and the Twins and the Rangers, what's interesting about that is. I think the average baseball fan would be like, Rays, I see that. You know, Twins, I see that. Really? Rangers? Interesting, you know? And then on the flip side, they'd be like, well, of course, guys. I mean, the Royals and the Orioles suck, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? Part of the reason that they quote-unquote suck is this. And I think it goes without saying that. Well, maybe maybe it needs to be said. When when Moneyball came out, um, you know, seven, eight years ago, it was a huge sort of eye-opener for most baseball people because they're like, oh, the game has changed. The old-school scouting departments have given way to this new thing about on-base percentage and pitches per plate appearance. Well, Billy Bean, and I mentioned this on previous shows, but Billy Bean of the Oakland A's, who the book was largely about and how he, rather than go with the old-school baseball scouts, hired all these Ivy League numbers crunchers to look at these uh, you know, uh, stats that 
the common baseball people weren't looking at. Well, now Billy Bean will tell you, listen, everybody's caught up to my on-base percentage and my pitches per plate appearance angle. Now, he says, the real edge that I have been getting over the course of the last year or two is in fielding statistics. And he sort of led the way on that, and other baseball people have followed so that Theo Epstein has made the Red Sox a pitching and fielding team in theory this year. The Mariners are a huge UZR team, or at least attempting to be. So that's sort of the trend in baseball, which makes this topic today even you know more of a, uh, of a salient one. Well, and I think that that's a really good point about Boston because they really tried to go with it with a good fielding team. It's it's, it's apparent in the UZR ratings, and you know last year they were they, the team was costing their pitching, uh, you know, a tenth of a run. Now, you know, with the addition of Cameron, and I've taken Cameron out of the equation for now, but when he comes back, they're going to be they're going to be saving the team right around three-tenths of a run. So what that means is you're looking at almost a half-run swing just, just by the defensive switches they've made. So these GMs have taken a look at this and said, hey, this makes sense. You know, we, we, need, to, we need to figure this out and, and save our teams from runs. Yeah, just like, and just like they're looking, you know, now the wave is they, the market in you know, an on-base percentage and pitches per plate appearance, the value in the market has been sucked out over time. Now the value in their market of acquiring players was in the fielding. Uh, you know, departments. Those that's where they could get players on the cheap who were better fielders than the conventional numbers had indicated. So just in the same way, they're trying to exploit inefficient markets in acquiring players in certain categories. We're now using UZR to exploit betting lines that haven't factored these stats in. That was, you know, that was very well put, Gil. And and have, now now that you've said that, let's try to exploit it on today's card. Let's do it. All right. Well, I'm going to start off with the total because my totals have been really good, and I'm going to go take a look at the Kansas City-Cleveland game. Uh-huh. Total, posted, total posted at nine, okay? You've got two teams with, with bad UZR ratings. They're costing their teams runs. Not only did they do that last year, but they're also doing it this year. The Royals are costing their team a third of a run a game, and the Indians are cost, costing the team, oh, about two-tenths of a run per game. So you got two, with a combination of the lousy pitchers they have, plus the, the, the poor fielding, I've got a projection of a 9.61 runs and the total at nine. So we're going to go with the over in the Kansas City-Cleveland game. Over Kansas City-Cleveland, two teams who are costing their teams runs. Okay, I like it. Okay. And we're going to stay along the lines of the total. Let me let me ask you a question before before you move on to the next game. Do we have to watch that Kansas City Cleveland game? Oh, it's it's it's, it's just brutal. <laughs> I watched a little bit of that last night. I think that would qualify for, qualify me for a hardcore MLB fan. Oh my goodness! Kansas City uh, Cleveland game. All right, so we place the bed and then go do something else. Is what you're saying? <laughs> hey, you know how hardcore I am. I had I had problems watching that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that was brutal. <laughs> so let's let's go over to Arlington, Texas. And those of you that have been following my games know that Arlington, Texas has just been a, a house of horrors for me. Last night, the, the, the normally solid fielding Rangers, uh, Elvis Andrews, who's got a, a, a 12.7 UZR rating, meaning he saves his team runs over the over the season, made a terrible error in the ninth, 
it not only cost me the side win, it also cost me the total as I had the under. Oh. And it ended up going to the extra inning. So I was just, when, he, when I saw that, I said, oh, man, how can this guy do it? His, his UZR rating is a 12-7. So he was uncharacteristically, not only did he make the error, but it was a very uncharacteristic error for him as well. Do you think we're getting to a point, by the way, where a post-game reporter uh, in interviewing Elvis Andrus would actually say to him, Elvis, your UZR rating is 12.7, suggesting that you should not have made that error. What do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you, know, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because I was watching the Angels-Red uh, Sox game last week, and uh, Beltre made an error. And, and they flashed on the screen that, that Adrian Beltre has saved his team, you know, 0.25 runs per game, or, or it was like 0.12. I can't remember the exact number, but, but the number was that the, the, the theory was that he saved his, 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 the team runs. And I, I was just really tickled to see that on ESPN. I do get a little charge out of that every time. I think, you know, sort of, I won't say it happens once a ball game, but it's certainly happening once a night when I travel around, you know, flipping around games where somebody makes some sort of sabermetrics reference where they're like, oh, you know, these stats are getting more popular. I'm like, they're here, dude. Come on. Well, I mean, they have to be popular because they just they make so much sense scientifically. If you think about the, the baseball cards, you know, you know, we talk about baseball cards every every week on the show. Well, what you have, you had you had errors and putouts and fielding percentage, and that you know that's really just not indicative. You can't really figure out well how how's this going to translate to to making a money line with that information. And now it's gotten gotten really very detailed. You can use these numbers to make your money line. So it's exciting for me because you, you kind of it was kind of a magical deal. It's like well, what do you what do you do with fielding? You know, in the past, and now it's it's quantified to how many runs it's going to cost or save a team per game. So it's, it's just a really cool number for me. It makes so much sense. You just said it. You said those words. You said it just makes so much sense. And really, that's the core of this. It does make so much sense. And you know what? Quite frankly, other sports don't quite have this. You can't quantify football in this way. As much as I love football, and I'm a football fan first, you can't do this betting football. It just doesn't. You don't have that one-to-one matchup that you know from which all plays are created, um, and and that is just that's what makes baseball betting so interesting. Again, by the way, Billy Bean, who I referenced about the Oakland A's, and I know we're on a huge parenthetical aside here from your picks here today, but Billy Bean is trying to do this for soccer now. Oh, you know, and I, I saw there's a book on that. I really want to read this soccer book before the World Cup because I'm going to make some plays. Is there and, a book uh, specifically on those stats for soccer? There's a book, and I, and I saw it the other day, and, and uh, you know, at some, at some point between handicapping seven games a day and, and uh, you know, going on with my life, I'm, I would like to read that before the World Cup because I want to make some World Cup plays. I would like to, I would like to read that too because you know again would Billy Bean's approach to it was he was like okay well I did the on base percentage and the pitches per plate appearance now I've done the UZR thing well maybe it's time to move to see if I can exploit inefficiencies in other sports and he has a part ownership in a in a, I want to say a Premier League soccer team I may be mistaken about that but I believe that's it and he sort of essentially wanted you know because they don't have very sophisticated stats in soccer but he wanted to quantify 
All right, how do we really measure how good some of these soccer players are? Now, David Beckham is a great example of one of these players. Like, I remember casually, I would ask my friends five, six years ago, back in Beckham's prime years, I would say, because they would talk about Ronaldinho at the time and all these great international players, and they would say, oh, this guy scores this many goals, and this guy, you know, oh, he's a great passer. And I'm like, well, what makes Beckham so great? And they would never have an, a, a quantifiable mm-hmm. answer for me. They would always say, ah, you know, I don't know what it is, Gil. It's like... That dude is just like magic. I, you know, it's like he, the ball bounces off his head in a certain way, and it just goes in the like. I can't. Re- they, they don't. They weren't able to say what you know. Oh, on free kicks, he's simply phenomenal. His percentage conversion on free on you know on set plays, I should say, is phenomenal. Um, or and this is one of the Billy Bean sort of attempted stats that I love that he's trying to do in soccer is. Every time, he wants to get it down to this kind of minutia in soccer. Every time a player touches the soccer ball, what is his percentage uh, rate in terms of making a successful forward pass or just a successful uh, play once it touches him? So successful plays being uh, completed or successful, excuse me, I can't even say successful, a successful pass to a teammate, um, you know, a shot on goal, something that leads, you know, towards the team's goals as an offensive unit versus getting the ball stolen or what have you. Right, and I think you make, make the, the, the underlying point is, hey, you know, we've seen that these, these sabermetrics, they work in baseball. They work on defining how much we're going to uh, pay a player, you know, uh, from a salary standpoint, how many wins we're going to get by, by acquiring this, this person. So they've made it work for baseball, and they're like, hey, these numbers, man, they make a lot of sense. Let's see if we can apply it to another sport. So, I mean, I'm, I'm totally with you and, and excited about looking at those soccer numbers uh, just because, just from a betting standpoint because I'm thinking, well, how many games can I play on this World Cup and get value with it? So, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that, Gil. Okay. Well, we have, I, have, I have apologized to you because I have uh, taken it far tangentially. So let's get back to the core of it. So you like the Cleveland-Kansas City over today. The line is at 9. You've got your projections at around 9.6-ish. And so you like the over in that game with two very poor UZR teams, correct? That, that is absolutely so well put that I, I'm not even going to expand on it. That's, that's my first play. And and uh, we'll we'll go uh, back. We we're, were in Arlington, I think, and I was ranting about how Elvis Andrews. But anyway, uh, we'll go to Texas, and I, I I like the under in this game again. I had it last night, and we've got the Rangers, who are a very good UZR team, and the Athletics, who are a neutral team right now, but their projection was at minus a quarter run for the year. So we've got two pretty good fielding teams, and I like the under in that game. What's the line on that game? It's it's at nine right now. So you're like the under on Oakland, Texas. Okay, and you hit on that last night, correct? Uh, no, wait, no. The, what happened last night was, oh, was the, four uh, to three right. going into the into the top of the ninth, right? And Andrews made an error, which was totally uncharacteristic, which made the salt sting a little bit more in the wounds. And uh, so instead of, instead of going under. It, it went over because it ended up going into extra innings. That's right. I, by the way, I totally want to be that reporter that asked him that UZR question. You know, the 12. You're, well, you're I, think UZR. I think we might see that here down, down the line. So hopefully we can, we can be, be ahead of it and, and uh, get value you know, while we still have it on the, on the betting line. So under in Oakland, Texas, that ball game tonight. And I know you got one more. I've got actually two more, but it's, it's kind of along the same lines. We're going to go over to Comerica 
where the Detroit Tigers are being un, uh, they're really big underdogs in my in my opinion uh, to the Yankees in both games today. Uh, in the game one, they're at plus one thirty six, and in game two, they're at plus one fifty seven. And and as I post these fielding numbers, I think that you you'll be able to see it a little bit better on on the thread because they'll be right in front of you. But the thing that surprised me, uh, you know, when I was just just you know engrossing myself in these numbers this morning was Detroit's defense is really good. They last year they were at a quarter run that he saved 0.27. They saved their team 0.27 runs and this year they're at 0.20 runs that they're saving. So I just don't think that, you know, right off the top of the head you would think, "Oh, Detroit's got a good defense," but based on these UCR numbers they do. And so which so which game are you referring to now? Game 1 or game 2? I'm referring to both games. I like. I'm going to go with Detroit in Game One at plus one thirty-six. Oh, okay. And then in Game Two, I'm going to go with them at plus one fifty-seven. And we've talked about this. You know, to play to play two underdogs, and then if you get a split, you're ahead. You're ahead uh, units. You're ahead. Okay, I like it. When I posted my thread last night, there were no lines available yet on either of those two games. So did they? Did uh, by the way, and I'm going off the cuff here. Um, did they stick with the uh, Porcello-Vasquez matchup in one of those games? It's Porcello-Vasquez, and it's Bonderman versus Hughes in game okay, two. Okay, yeah. gotcha. All right, so you like Detroit on the side in both of those games. And by the way, one of those games, is um, base winner, is an early game, as you know. So for those who don't get to hear the podcast prior to the start of that game, you will, uh, of course, post that on your thread, correct? I will post it on the thread, and we're going to call my plays official Sabermetric Podcast Nuggets. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> okay, so those are the two you're referring to were the two Detroit sides when you said two for one there at the end. Right, two for one. We got the Detroit sides, and, and pretty much for, for uh, the value we're getting on the line. Okay, so your plays today, the over in the Cleveland-Kansas uh, City game, the under in the Oakland-Texas game, and you got two plays on both Detroit uh, game one and game two of the doubleheader Detroit in both of those games backing Porcello and Bonderman with the UZR plays there now um, I think it's worthwhile just before we close here to go back to those stats that you talked about just from a season perspective the three best UZR teams in the American League and we should point out again that the reason you do American League is just from a time standpoint absolutely there's so much so many numbers to go into depth and that I would feel like I was doing a disservice to people if I was if I was trying to do all 30 teams because I, I feel like I can get into the 14 AL teams in, in the detail that I like to get into okay um, it's not because you have anything against the National League. It's just from a... From I a, love the National League. If I, if, if I had 48 hours in a day, I'd do it all, but I don't. I only have 24. So, um, you know, if anybody out there wants to do the National League, you know, maybe I can I can help you out and you know, set you up with the, with this computer program I have. So, <laughs> so Tampa Bay, um, Minnesota, and Texas, the three best UZR teams in the American League, with the um, Orioles, Royals, and who was the other bad team? The Angels. The Angels. The worst team in the AL so far. God, the Angels who have for years prided themselves on great defense, huh? They have, and this is, this is really surprising to me. I mean, you know, they're, they're a full half run, so that's going to, I mean, that's going to cost a team over, over the course of the season if this is kept up. They are, yeah, they are not having a good season. For th- so far, so bad for, the, for all you Halo backers out there. Um, and what of this for? Let me and let me just throw this out there about UZR, just so we cover all bases with it. 
what about these guys who occasionally with with UZR you will see some market fluctuation in in individual players, not market, but um, very noticeable notable fluctuation from year to year um, in their UZR stats. Is that just because they're having just an awful year just thrown in there? Something happens, or is there something inherently wrong with the formula? Well, I no, the formula is good. I think that that. Uh... What, what people caution before, you know, is to look at the sample size and to look at the, the, the average over the last three years. And I think that, uh, you know, uh, yeah, look, if you were to take out Adrian Beltre as UCR this year, it's, it's, it's not up to his standards, but that'll probably even out as, as the, year, the year progresses just because of his, his historical UCR rating. All right, cool. And again, for you know, and I know you know this base winner, but again, for for others, there are so many sabermetrics stats that people have developed over the years. It's fun. To, a lot of people find it very fun to develop their own uh, sabermetric stats. It's sort of hobbies for many people to do so. But what base winner and I are trying to do is focus on the ones that are most. Um, from a consensus standpoint, most accepted. And so that's why we have focused on in these first few weeks with um, base runs and specifically uh, fielding independent pitching and, and X fielding independent pitching last week and then ultimate zone rating for fielding this week. What we'll try to do in future weeks is not expand it too much because we don't want to get into this whole ridiculous, you know, where we're going through the most obscure sabermetric stats. Um, but those that we've touched upon... I love uh, batting average on balls in play, both for pitchers and hitters. Um, but we won't That's go... That's one of your favorite skill. You I love, love it. that stat. I love it. How do you feel about that stat? Well, I think it's a good indication of, of, of the luck factor. I yes. think that the guys who have unusually high you know, batting average of balls in play, the pitchers, I, I look for that to regress, actually, because just because from the historical standpoint, they've, they've looked at this number... And, and I think that you were touching on the show yesterday that it's about a 30% or 300 uh, batting average of balls in play, which is a league average. So if you look at a guy that's at a 47% or 50%, you know, especially in, in the first five or six games, you, know, you, can, you can look for that one to, to regress back to the mean. So, I mean, I think it's, just, it's a really good indicator of, of how lucky the pitcher's getting. However inarticulately I put it, that's what I was sort of trying to say with uh, some of the pitchers I was looking at. Your job, once you see the BABIP numbers, is to determine, all right, there's going to be a regression to the mean at some point, but from what you've seen with your eyes, do you think it's happening yet? Sort of thing is what I was trying to say yesterday when backing Jeff Neiman, and we did so successfully. And um, I was answering a um, post in my thread about Randy Wells. With him, I wasn't so sure. The night before with Doug Davis, he had a terrible BA, BIP. I was like, yeah, I don't think this guy's regressing him. So it's, so it's I guess, all that to say, eventually it is, a, you know, it's a way to look at how lucky and unlucky pitchers have been, that's for sure. And our job in converting it into a betting edge is to then assess those numbers and say, all right, what does this number actually mean for this individual person? And you did a great job of that yesterday in interpreting that number on the Tampa Bay game because you, you had mentioned that, that Neiman's BA, BIP was high. But you said, well, it's, it's not high because he's getting lucky. It's high because he's got filthy stuff and they cannot put good wood on the ball. 
So it is subject to interpretation, and, and I think last night you really did a good job on that Tampa Bay game interpreting that number. Well, thank you. And with BABIP, when you say Neiman's is high, what you really mean is he's high on the list. His, his BABIP is actually a very low number, is what you're saying. That, that, I'm sorry, that's what I meant, yeah. Right. Okay. All right, so we got your three picks. Um, again, it's the uh, over in the Cleveland KC game, the under in the Oakland Texas, and then two Detroit sides. You have done your job, sir, and you have done it phenomenally well. Let's hope uh, we can cash those in. Well, thank you, Gil. It's been a pleasure being on your show, and I look forward. I, I can hardly wait till next Wednesday already. Oh, I look forward to it. Base winner on the show, Sabermetrics Wednesdays. We do it each and every Wednesday. Gil Alexander, your betting dork, pregame.com. Thank you so much for listening. It's-